0: Hey, my name is Katie. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you, Nancy, so much for asking me to be here. And um, it's wonderful that, you know, this Zoom opportunity, you know, presents us with, uh, or the the Zoom platform presents us with these opportunities to be able to join other inner groups and see how other meetings do it. Um, So this was really a lovely way to start off my Sunday morning, my Valentine's Day. So I'm giving you guys lots of love. I, I don't have a significant other, so the program is my significant other for today. So thank you guys all for being here. Um, So I'm going to read from the big book. If anyone wants to read along, I'm going to read out loud. Um, It's page 315. Um, The story is My Chance to Live, and um, just a couple really juicy paragraphs that I'm going to read from and then uh, share on it. So it's at the bottom of 315, and it goes like this. When I couldn't find an easier, softer way, I looked for the person with the magic wand, The one person in AA who could make my life, make me all better right now. This was a frustrating task. And I finally realized that if I had wanted this life, I was going to have to do what the others had done. No one made me drink and no one was going to make me stay sober. This program is for people who want it, not people who need it. If everyone who needed AA showed up, we would be bursting at the seams. Unfortunately, most never make it to the door. I believe that I was one of the lucky ones. Not just because I found this program at such a young age, I feel fortunate that I found AA at all. My approach to drinking brought me to, my, brought me to the jumping off place described in the big book much faster than anyone could have imagined. I'm convinced that if I had continued on my course, I wouldn't have survived much longer. I don't believe I was smarter than anyone else, as I'm often told by those who came in at a later age. It was my time, my chance to live, and I took it. If there had been, if there had still been joy in my drinking, or even a remote chance of the joy returning, I would not have stopped drinking when I did. So, the reason that, there's a, a bunch of reasons why I picked the, that um, paragraph or that little excerpt from uh, that chapter, but. Mainly it's because I did come in at a young age. You know, I was 26 when I came in and, you know, I I often was praised for like, oh, you're so young, you have your whole life ahead of you, like good for you and stuff. And it was like, I felt like I didn't really have a choice. Like it was just when I, as soon as I came into my first meeting, I identified, even though my first meeting was actually kind of awkward, there was only like four people and like everyone who was, who was there had been abstinent for like over two decades so they were like completely neutral around food and i was like a fresh newcomer like really in the food and i needed to hear what it was like and everyone was like i'm just neutral around food i don't think about it anymore and stuff and yet there was something in me that told me try another meeting like just just keep coming back and thank god i did because the second meeting that i came to um I, you know, it was, there was, you know, people more my age and, you know, hearing people share about the full spectrum of the disease, you know, the body obsession, the anorexia, the bulimia, the dieting, the, you know, just compulsive weighing myself, like all of it. And um, I just feel so lucky that I came into programs specifically in LA where the recovery is so strong and, you know, was, was able to hear my story like so early on because I was hooked. And, Honestly, like you know, my first meeting was at the beginning of October, so it took me just about a month to like get abstinent, right and my birthday is in October. So I, for my golden birthday, because I'm born on October 26th. So for my 26th birthday, I like had a big dinner party where I invited all my friends over. But I, it wasn't because I wanted to be a gracious host. It's because I wanted to serve a big feast of all of my favorite foods. And then I get to keep all the leftovers when everybody leaves. And that was my last binge. And because I had been going to meetings for a couple weeks at that point, That last binge really didn't feel as good as it used to. It really, I had a head full of program, right? Like I knew too much already at that point, even after just going to three meeting or three weeks worth of meetings. And so finally on November 5th was when I, you know, committed to working this program and I got a sponsor and thank God, you know, because I was already, I was pushing at my top weight, I was like pushing 300 pounds and you know, as a a young person, like to be experiencing some of the physical, you know, symptoms of this disease was just like, I'm too young for this, you know, (laughs) like to have like knee problems and hip problems and like sleep apnea, you know, where I had to wear the CPAP mask at night and, you know, all of the things that, you know, this, that comes along with this disease. And there's no doubt in my mind that I was well on my way, you know, to be pre-diabetic, to have, you know, uh, even like, you know, it, it runs in my family too. the, you know, like heart disease, like all of that. And I just had an awakening that I just realized, like, I need to do something now, like to prevent myself a lot of heartache down the road. And, you know, as far as like, just feeling like, you know, we're the lucky ones. Um, my sponsor got me this, that it's a like leather jacket for my big book and there's, you know, space for a medallion and she put these letters in that says we're the lucky ones. So that's another reason why I love that paragraph is because... We are the lucky ones, and this program works if you work it, and that was something that was instilled in me, you know, from the very beginning, is that, like, no one else is going to work harder at your recovery than you will, than you need to, you know, so your sponsor is there to guide you, but your sponsor isn't there to get you abstinent, like, you have to be the one to do the work and to, you know, go to the meetings and stuff, so I took really good direction in the beginning, you know, I was told to go to five meetings a week to get two service commitments and to turn in my food every day at the end of the day and to send my gratitude list and to make two outreach calls a day. And I said, okay, like I'll do what it takes because the mental obsession was taking up so much real estate in my head. It was like, I just was always consumed. That was the like default setting. If I wasn't like doing like, you know, if I wasn't working or talking to someone, The background was always about food, what I'm going to eat next and, you know, how I looked in this particular outfit and what people were thinking of me. And I'm happy to say that after, you know, a little over three years, that has quieted. Um, It hasn't gone away completely. You know, this is a daily reprieve and this is a program that I have to work every single day, but it has gotten much easier. And I, you know, I, I really, I also was told to get into the middle of the herd um, and to win with the stickers and stick with the winners, <laughs> that was another, there's lots of little fun, you know, phrases and slogans and everything, but those were some things that were told to me in the beginning and and that really helped. And now I'm actually on the um, Los Angeles board and I, I, I'm the communications chair. So when we talk about like defects and assets, um, something that, you know, I've learned in this program is that our defects, our character defects are really just, they were survival traits that we used in order to get through whatever it was that, you know, we were dealing with. And we always were doing the best that we could with what we had at the time. So for me, being a busybody and wanting to gossip and wanting to know what's going on, like that's kind of, you know, one of my defects. I was able to sort of flip it on its head and work my 12th step by spreading the message and wanting to know what was going on in terms of fun events and stuff within the OA fellowship. And now I do like the monthly newsletter and work on the website and stuff. So there's, there's ways that, you know, this program has not changed me like from, you know, it's like that I'm a completely different person, just like fine tuned me, you know, like taking the things that, I naturally, you know, that the gifts that God has naturally given me and, you know, using them to be of service to others. And it's just such a gift because like, I mean, here I am like, you know, sharing eight about minutes. this and I thank you so much. Here I am, eight minutes in that I have hardly talked about the food. And that's what's so beautiful about this program is that it's about the food, but it's not about the food, you know, that the food was always the, the solution, you know, food wasn't really the problem. Like food was just the symptom of what was going on, you know, underneath. And for me, I mean, it could have been anything. It could have been alcohol. It could have been drugs. It could have been shopping. It ended up being food for me and food. You know, it's an interesting thing with our program because we have to interact with it three times a day. You know, it's not like some of the other programs where you abstain completely no matter what, And that has been a really interesting journey for me because like I love cooking, but I have to be careful that it doesn't get too sexy or too exciting because then it's like, you know, the obsession and the, you know, the compulsion comes in. So learning how I can feed myself nourishing meals three times a day. And it feel like a loving gift from God and not like a a, um, reward or a punishment because that was always how I viewed food up until this point was just like, if I was bad the night before, then I would restrict or, you know, go on a diet the next day, you know, or if I had a special event coming up, that's another thing that came up recently is I'm going to be a bridesmaid in a wedding in September and I got fitted for one of the, for the dress, for the bridesmaid's dress. And like, my disease was like, well, if you start working out now, like, you know, work out your arm, like incorporate an arm workout now, you know, then you'll, by the time September comes around, then, you know, you'll, and it's just like, oh no, honey, it's not about you. It's not your wedding. No one cares. No one's going to be looking at you. You know. So I get to be humble in that way too. You know, that's another thing that program has taught me. So I am so grateful that I caught this when I did. And so the, the last thing that I'll say is that like, I love the fact that I would not be able to disappear without a trace. If I just stopped coming to meetings, people would call me. People would would check up on me. People would be like, hey, where have you been? Like, I have commitments. Like, I am enmeshed in this program. Like, it is a part of my daily life throughout the day, you know? Like, I do my morning meditation and prayer practice, you know, first thing in the morning. And then I usually... Um, you know, do my meetings in the evenings. But throughout my day, when someone pisses me off at work or whatever, it's like, okay, God, like, <laughs> I have to accept the things that I cannot change people, places and things and stuff. So it's really it's just been such a gift, especially during this past year with COVID. I'm so grateful that this is like my social time. This is like where I get to interact with other people. And this is where I get to hear that I'm not alone, and that other people are feeling the isolation. And um, you know, just missing real life and everything. So I hope everybody stays health, healthy and safe. And I can't wait to hear your shares. So thank you all so much.